0: Alright, um, we're going to be in the book of Luke today, in chapter 9, chapter uh, 7, we're going to go ahead and get right into it, we're starting today, we're to turn there. While we're doing that, we will open up a little bit of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak your word today, Father, I ask you to take myself out of the way, open our hearts and minds, to receive the word, and let your permission chime here, we ask you to come in Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 37. And it came to pass that on the next day, as they come down from the hill, much people met him. Behold, a man of company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And lo a spirit take him, and suddenly cry out, that he teareth, that he foameth again, and bruised him, and hardly departed from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answering, him, saying, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. And there was a the coming of the devil, threw him down and carved him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, and healed the child, and delivered him into his father. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, everyone at all things that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let this thing sink down for your ears. The Son of Man shall deliver you to the hands of men." We've been talking about different things. We've been talking about authority, we've been talking about faith. And um, we see this is one of many examples of a person who takes a child that's been overtaken by an spirit, a demon. You know, uh, we don't really think about this today. We, we think this is something that was then, but not now. A something that was mistaken for something else. We don't ever see this in the form of God. And then uh, I always, you know, I try to, as I, I teach, to incorporate then and now, how God's Word fits into this world we're living in today, and I really enjoy it when it, it manifests, when it shows itself, and um, so I study all different kinds of things, and there is still exorcisms that go on that where people feel... That their cells or someone is infested with some kind of uh, spirit, and they have to be removed. And there's a process for doing that through the religious leaders that will go through, and they do their thing. And the funny thing is, they say that that's actually on the increase. And then the correlation between that, that as church declines. He requests her exorcisms go up with it. And Also, another thing to take note of is that we have less people that believe, that are coming to church, that are doing these things. But yet, there is this presence that's unknown that, at the last resort, they go to have these things exercised. Day of service? No. We all have authority over things. Matthew 10 We uh, talked about this last week. 10 and 8 says heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received and freely give. These are the things that Jesus has given us. This is all power that we all possess, things that we all can do. We have the authority to do so. Luke 9 and 41. So we have this situation where this father had a son, he is experiencing possession. So he goes to the disciples and he asks the disciples to heal this boy. To exorcise the demon. To take it out of him. And they can't do it. And Jesus tells them, he's angry and saying, O faithless in the first generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer with you? Bring that son here. Now we've talked about lack of faith a lot. Jesus is constantly saying to his disciples, where's the faith? Where's the faith? Where's the faith? You have a little faith. This is your problem. You're not believing enough. You don't believe. You don't believe. Lack up, lack up. But now we add another word in perverse generation. So that's what I want to focus on today. So the Bible today's message is talking about by generation. It would just be a good time for the Tucson to come on and play a little back down. But I'm not going to do that. So, here we go. Perverse generation. What does that mean? We are... When something is perverse, it's twisted. It's taken out of context twisted and turned and forced into something else. It's altered in a way that it was never meant to be. And that is our perception of God. See, we talk about the unbelief. And as I was studying this this week, on my heart about something you know we talk about unbelief and not believing you know really it's all belief it just depends on what you're believing you know you may not say that you believe in God but really you're saying you believe there is not a God you may believe that God cannot heal. It's the unbelief of faith, but you're believing something else. We are twisting the truth. Perverse. It's twisting the truth. So, how do these this twist? how does this perversion take place? Satan has been doing it since the very beginning. In the garden, he went to eat. Did God really say that? Will this really happen? What is he really trying to do? And it's constantly himself and all his little minions are whispering lies in your ear. And then there's there's man. There's the men that Satan has influence over. There's men that have their own agendas. They're trying to push. They're doing it for their own selfish needs, for power, for greed, for just a sense of authority. When I say man, that means mankind. And then there's just ignorance. We don't want to seem uneducated, we don't want to seem stupid, we want to seem like we're something special, we want people to listen to us, so we may just fill in the blanks of whatever's on top of our head. And the problem with all these things is, it keeps getting passed down. Another thing we look at is tradition. We do things because that's the way we've always done it. That's the way they did it before us. And that's the way we're going to do it because it's comfortable. It's what we know. And we don't like change. And then, of course, there's religion. You know, Jesus came and he established the church. It's pretty simple. He listed all the things that we needed to do. And then man came along and decided to make it better in their eyes. Make it where it works for them instead of what Jesus has made for us. You know, it goes all the way back to the Israelites. They wanted to do it on their own. And then we have all these Pharisees that had their own agenda and wanted to use their power to keep in control, gain wealth. We have a certain idea about how things should look, how things should be, what our image of a church is, what our image of a pastor is, what our image of our family is. What our image of our relationship with God should be. And we have all these things. And we just keep sharing them. You know, we're watching how virus spread from person to person. Well, ignorance, tradition, and all these other things that blocking our true image of God, it spreads like that too. Because we have a tendency to want to tell people this is the way that I do it. This is the way that I do it. This is the way my church does it. This is the way my pastor does it. I don't know how many times that I've been told, well that's not the way such and such does it. That's okay because such and such pastor. He is not the one teaching. And If God wanted us to do it like someone else, he would have someone else do it. God gives us all our own individual tasks. He makes us individual people, gives our individual minds so we can do our individual things. being fully persuaded. I know that I know. Beyond a reasonable doubt, no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what is in front of me, I know this is how it is. Because God tells me. Authority. When you have authority, you don't Question your own authority. You exercise your own authority. If you were a law enforcement officer and you're going to arrest someone, you do it. You have the authority to do so. It's not, let me think about it. It's not, well, maybe. It's, no. These certain events have taken place. You have the chains of taking. chain of events have taken place and that now through that you now can exercise your authority to do so. When you're driving down the road and you see the car parked on the side of the road that's got the blue lights on top you slow down because you know they have the authority to pull you over. We go to the doctor And they have the authority to write that prescription to give you medication. Something that only a doctor can do. You know, that doctor doesn't go and consult with a nurse and ask, is it okay if I write the prescription? No. They have the authority to do so, and they do it. If a manager gives authority to the assistant manager to do certain tasks and make certain decisions, they're not going to keep running back to the manager asking if it's okay to do so because if they do, they're not going to be in that position anymore because the whole purpose is so they're exercising their authority over another person so they can in turn delegate. What does that mean for us? What does prayer Sound like. And we've all spent some time in church. We've heard people pray. We've heard ourselves pray. And this example here. Come Jesus. Lord, this is what's going on. This, 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 this. It's like we're trying to convince. It all the time. We're trying to access that area of empathy. We want him to feel sorry for us. But through that, then maybe we can get our prayers answered. We list all the things. Prayer oftentimes sounds like a gripe set because we're telling. All the things that is wrong. Why this is affecting us so bad. And you know what? God already knows. God already knows how it's going to affect you before the situation ever started affecting you. And we don't have to beg. Time oh please God, please, please take care of the situation. Please heal me, please. Heal me. over and over again. It's like we're groveling, trying to get something to happen. And then when it doesn't, it, the next day we go back at it again. Oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please. Oh, please. Begging is not exercising authority. Asking over and over again and out of desperation is not exercising faith. What has happened is we have a perverse sense of God. When a child dies, they say things like, well, God needed another angel. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. First of all, we are a totally different being. We don't become angels. Your Second of all, if God needed another angel, he could whip one right up. You don't need to take someone from here to do it. God is not the bad guy. Sin is. We take things like healing. that some people get better and some people don't. And we think it's some kind of just magical God lottery how this person gets a miracle and this person don't. So we say things like God is to be your will. And then when it doesn't happen well I guess it just wasn't God's will. We know what God's will is. He tells us what it is. He tells us we have the authority to to heal the sick. We have the authority to lay hands on. We have the authority to raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. All that thing that I've listed off there in Matthew. Given to us. So if we have that authority, and we know that it's God's will for us to be healthy and whole, he wants us to have a good, possible, positive testimony. He wants us to be able how to go out into the world and tell people how we were healed by faith, how we received our miracles, how all these different things happened by the grace of God. He wants us to happen in our lives. He wants good things for us. It tells us in his word that was inspired by him, by God himself, that cannot tell a lie. So, why do we say things like that? It's because of perverse thinking. Faith, being fully persuaded. Let me give you an example. You work a job, you know payday is on Friday you know that Friday, that check is going to show up. Just the way it did every other Friday. Just the way it's going to continue to do so as long as you keep working that job. As long as you keep following the parameter of what you're supposed to do, that check is going to keep showing up just like you supposed to. Do. And outside a uh, pandemic or something out of the ordinary, we don't worry about that check showing up. Because we believe we are fully persuaded that it's going to show up. When you walk into your house, get the light switch, you're not concerned about whether that light's gonna come on. As long as the power is on and the light bulbs ain't blue, the light is gonna come on. We don't understand how electricity works. I can't tell you how that power comes from the lines and gets into that bulb and makes it light up. But we know that it's going to light up. We also know, if it doesn't, how to fix it. We can change that light bulb. We can call the power company. See, these things that we've seen happen in our lives time and time again, we have no doubt whatsoever. That's what I mean by being fully persuaded. The sun is going to come up tomorrow. No doubt about that. Fully persuaded. The sun's going to go down tonight. Sky is blue. Grass is green. These are things we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And this kind of knowing, this kind of faith, is what we need to have when we are talking about God. We have to erase all the doubt, all this generational, perverse thinking. How can we expect to be How do we expect to have our needs met if we are constantly thinking that maybe he will or maybe he won't? Maybe he's real, maybe he's not. Maybe I'm not chosen, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I'm not lucky enough. There is no maybe when it comes to God. It is yes and amen. kind of got off my example there where I was rolling on. We like about that. check again. We know on Monday it's coming Friday. We know on Tuesday it's coming Friday. You know, uh, we have got our, our stimulus checks. We knew they were coming. And if you haven't gotten it yet, you know that it's coming. Because they told us this way. The government said it was going to happen. So we know it's going to happen. It's going to come. So we don't think about what if it doesn't, or what if it doesn't, what if it doesn't. We know it's going to come. And that's the way we need to look at our prayer. Just because it doesn't happen right then, you know, they didn't pass the bill and the proof showed it showed up in your bank account. It took some time for it to happen. Things had to take place. And even though we're talking about God, sometimes it takes time for things to happen. Sometimes things have to take place. But nevertheless, it's still on the way. The healing is on the way. The miracle is on the way. The need being fulfilled is on the way. The situation being taken care of is on the way. So what we do in the middle of that is where faith comes in. The moment that we ask God for something in prayer, that is when we receive it, not when it shows up. Just like when the president found that document, that's when the stimulus happens. Whenever we pray that prayer, we believe it in our heart. That's when you received it. You may not see the results of it right away, but you receive it right then. You going to build a house, you sign all the paperwork. That's when you received it. It may take months. Before you ever moved in, but you received it then. You can go down, you can order a brand new vehicle. It takes months for it to be built, but you received it right then. We've got to change the way we look at things. It's not that. God's not doing we're not doing we're not giving him the opportunity to work we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt we're not giving him anything that he needs to operate last week we talked about Jesus went and he could not heal because of their unbelief you know and that's goes against our whole religious Teaching. Well, God can do anything. He cannot violate the rules that he put in place. He has given us free will, and if we choose not to accept him, to not allow him to work in our lives, then he cannot help us. And that's where a belief comes in. I challenge you this week as you look into the things and you wonder why this didn't happen. How many times can you say that you were fully persuaded that there was no doubt in your mind that God was going to come through and take care of this situation? We're working towards a common goal. And it's a peace that only God can provide. A few days ago, we had storms coming through and things were looking pretty bleak and tornadoes and everything. And it's something to really get concerned over. But there's only so much we can do because we cannot prevent from happening. We can just... When you have God on your side, when you're fully persuaded that you ask for protection and you know that God got you, you don't have to worry anymore. That's the kind of peace that we can live in, knowing that God is taking care of everything. We have to make changes for ourselves to allow that to happen. Yes, change is hard, but isn't it worth it for a people like yes. that? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to get to your word. Father, I ask that we can start seeing, Father, the errors of our ways, where we think natively, Father, where we have twisted your character, Father, and who you are, that so we'll see the truth, Father, and start changing and adapting. And coming to, to life, Father, about what we truly need to be believing. That we can fill ourselves up with the truth and the promises and the word, Father, and cast away everything else. All the stuff that's holding us back, unimportant, Father, that's casting a shadow over your life. We ask that these are all the needs and situations, Father. We ask that prayers can start being answered, Father, that so people can start seeing it and seeing it. Your power work both in their lives in the lives of others, and we truly make a difference. We have to take care of all these situations, Father, and we have to be praying for these individuals. And these individuals will start receiving and knowing their prayers are answered, Father. That will start doubting, stop saying if and maybe, and knowing that our prayers are answered. And we thank you, Father. We thank you that you are yes, powerful. We thank you that you hear us and you are doing something for us, Father. And we ask these things in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. Page 393. Page 393, please.